0: The text for my message this morning is from Genesis 17 and if you remember from last week as we go through these weeks of Lent leading up to Holy Week and Easter, we're taking a look at some very important Old Testament events that all point to Jesus. And so last week we talked about Abraham and Isaac and that whole event and how it all just points to Jesus and what Jesus did on that mountain for us. And so today we read from Genesis chapter 17. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. Then Abram fell on his face and God said to him, Behold, my covenant is with you. After you, throughout their generations, for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. And God said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her and she shall become nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. The word of God. And so there are, in this passage, God does two very significant things that I wanted to share with you all here this morning. And the first significant detail in this passage from Genesis has to do with Names. So what's in a name? Well, in 1923, here are the most popular names for girls and boys. Mary, Dorothy, Helen, Margaret, Betty, John, Robert, William, James, Charles. 2024, we're only a couple months in and here are the top names. So for those of you that are pregnant, here you go. Olivia, Amelia, Sophia, Emma, and Charlotte. Noah, Liam, Oliver, Elijah, and Lucas. A lot different than 1923, right? But a name can be a powerful thing. It identifies, describes, and presents us, right? For all of you who have names. So I've shared this before, but I have one brother so, and I'm the older brother. My name is Scott, which if you look up in all the baby books and what the meaning of it, it means one from Scotland. Well, I'm German. <laughs> so one from Scotland. My brother comes along, and they name him Matthew, which means a gift of God. <laughs> so I don't know if they were just that thankful for another son or what. But names have meanings, right? So in modern times, nowadays, names are usually chosen based on popularity or nostalgia. But in the past, and especially in the Bible times, naming your child was a very significant event. And in this text that I read from Genesis 17, everyone there is given a new name. But let's start out with God. God identifies himself here as El Shaddai, which means God Almighty. This is the first time he identifies himself as such. God Almighty. You see, God was, is, and always will be Almighty, but this is the first time he identified himself when he was talking to Abram. This God, this God Almighty, El Shaddai, is the God of Genesis 1 who created the heavens and the earth, whose power extends over all things, including all creatures that he has created. Let's take a look at a passage in Psalm chapter 139. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. My inward parts. David, who wrote this psalm, is talking about all those things in us, those, those muscles, our heart, tendons, whatever. He formed them. He knitted you together, all of that stuff in our bodies were knitted together by God Almighty. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame, your skeleton, even though it's covered with skin, he sees it and knows it. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret intricately woven in the depths of earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. When you were just an embryo, God saw you and knew you. In your book were written every one of them. The days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake and I am still with you. Great words here written by David in Psalm 139. This is El Shaddai. This is indeed significant. This is God Almighty who knows you this well who created you from the embryo, from the very beginning. He knew you. This is God Almighty. And he's the one that's going to do some name changing here. He changes Abram's name to Abraham, which means the father of many nations. And remember, if God Almighty is doing the naming here, this is indeed significant. And he even changes Abraham's wife's name from Sarai to Sarah, which means princess. Because you see, Abraham and Sarah were going to be the father and mother of many peoples. Because God said so. The names Abraham and Sarah, which are given by God, say something about him and his people. You see, the two of them have been blessed by God. Even in their old age, God was going to do something that, would, that seemed impossible when they were given a son, Isaac, when they were around 100 Abraham and Sarah would indeed be a blessing and would receive blessings from God. And as I said, you know, many peoples, as many stars as there are in the sky, would be blessed because of their faith in the God of the universe, God Almighty, which makes all of us part of this Genesis 17 event. And so these names that God gave Abraham and Sarah are also linked to something else. And this is the second significant detail here. In this passage, maybe if you're reading through Genesis, you just may blow through and not really pay attention. But as we continue to see how the crimson thread works, we notice that everything is about Jesus. And that second significant detail is God's promise that he makes with Abraham. So the title of this message was, Who Are You? So I ask you that question, who are you? Who am I? What's your identity? Where do Americans find their identity? Well, I found this. Survey that was done by a Christian organization that asked people that very question Where do Americans find their identity? And here's the top three things that were answered My role in my family, number one. Number two, the good I do is what gives you your identity, apparently. And what I have achieved. Those were the top three answers. Number seven was my religious faith on this list. And there's all kinds of other on this list that people said is what their identity is. You know, this world tells us all the time that our identity is all about me, myself, and I. And we can see that from the answers in surveys like this. When people answer these questions. It's all about me. Which is exactly where Satan wants you to be. To be thinking that way. The heart of Genesis 17, this passage that I read to you, The heart of it happened in verse 7. And I wanted to read that to you again. Where it said, And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. You're the offspring after you. That's us. This everlasting covenant, this is the heart here of Genesis 17. This promise offers God's people the gift of hope, it offers you your source of identity and where you stand in this world. You see, God chose Abraham to be the seed bearer of his people. It's just because that's what God did. He chose Abraham to be the seed bearer. And this promise that God made, this covenant that he made with Abraham, connected Abraham to Isaac, who they would have later. We talked about Isaac last week. Connecting from Isaac to Jacob to David. You see where this is going? God made this promise. So his only begotten son, the savior of the world, might come to us. Because you see, connected to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and David is none other than Jesus. And of course, this event is oozing crimson thread, just like it was last week when we talked about Abraham being asked to sacrifice his son. Well, he didn't have to because our God sacrificed his only son for us. You know, the promise of our hope, our only hope, was fulfilled when Jesus bruised beaten and bloodied on that first Good Friday when he willingly carried his cross up that mountain and allowed those soldiers to drive nails through his hands and his feet. They placed the crown of thorns on his head Because of Jesus doing all of that for you, we have hope. And because of Jesus, we are part of this whole promise that was made to Abraham way back here in Genesis 17. This promise not only gives us hope, but it gives us our source of identity. We live in a world where everybody's confused about their identity when they don't need to be. Yes. I've, before I get to that, 1 John chapter three. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. You are a child of God. This is your identity. This is how we should be answering that question. Where do we find our identity? Our identity lies in Jesus. When you were baptized at the, we were given a very important name when we were baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You can think of it like it was a tattoo on you. This is who you are. You are God's child. This is our identity. We don't need to be confused about it. And when you were baptized, you were washed clean. Your sins were washed away. Remember, that's what baptized simply means, to just wash. You've been washed clean of your sin because of what your brother Jesus did for you when he sacrificed himself in your place. Because that's what we deserve But he loved you so much that he died on that cross for you. Amen. Let's pray.